Welcome in to a brand new Friday scramble. I'm Rick Gaiman, that right there, Andy Lack, and it is Friday, March 25th, 2022. Andy, good to see you. We are right in the midst of what I've been calling decision day of the match play, where we find out who is actually going to advance out of these groups. Yeah, I've been trying to calculate all the all the permutations, and, and I still haven't quite figured out whether I'm having a good week or a bad week in, in DraftKings yet. I think I'll get a lot of those answers today, but so far it's been a blast, man. I think my biggest takeaway is this is a great golf course for match play. I mean, this is, there is a, there's a lot of fun on this golf course and it feels like every single hole um, you can make birdie or bogey, which I think is kind of the perfect golf course for this format. For sure. And we are indeed presented by prize picks. We are going to get to the props here very, very shortly because they're already out on the golf course. We've got some matches that haven't teed off yet. So make sure you're logged into prize picks. You're ready to fire up the wagers for today. If you have not signed up yet, the code you're looking for is Rick, a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred bucks. And the link is in the description. So we'll get to that in just a second, but Andy, they really thought through the format and kind of removing the head to head aspect of this uh, for tiebreakers and taking everything to a sudden death playoff. Because now what you have is you have a situation in which no one is already through, right? There are guys who are out, but there's nobody who's already through. And the way that they do the matchups you get on the final day, the a player versus the B player, which should be your best matchups to decide all of this. I think that's very well thought out. I think I like it too. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really remember as much. Um, I wasn't following, following golf the way that I am now to remember what it was like, uh, back in the day when they had the old format, kind of like how we have, um, the college basketball bracket. But I know the main reason that they did that is because people would buy tickets to see Rory McIlroy. And if Rory McIlroy lost on Wednesday morning, then he was just done, um, which I think was very frustrating, maybe for the TV networks as well. So this, in in this scenario, you have all of the big name players playing today. Some of them have higher stakes than others, but you get this situation suddenly where Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all turn out to be great TV where something's on the line. So I think I'm with you. I think I like this format the best. And it was harder to get guys to commit to this event when they could play, they could fly to wherever it was being held, play yeah. 14 holes and have their week be over. <laughs> I know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's part of the the trouble with this is something I was thinking about a lot um before the event when I was trying to figure out what guys to pick was like it is a if you make it to the finals. It is a grueling, grueling, grueling week of golf, right? That is a lot of golf. It's seven rounds of match play golf over uh, the course of four days, right? So the one thing I always wonder is like, do the best players in the world even want that two weeks before the Masters? Yeah, you want like, that's why I liked like the second tier guy. Like I see a scenario in which Brooks gets out of his group, Brooks wins his next match and he's like, all right, well, um, I don't need to go much further than this. I'm in form. I'm feeling good. I don't know if I need to to win this. But yeah, I I think that is uh, an interesting little nugget. The other thing is it it sets up for, you know, I'm looking at some of these groups of death that we had, Andy, and like group 10 Mm -hmm. and group five were kind of the the big ones. Group five, Scheffler, Fleetwood, Poulter, Fitzpatrick. There is a path to 
Scheffler beating Fitzpatrick, which he's doing right now. He's three up through six. And mm. then Fleetwood beating Poulter and getting a three-way sudden death playoff to decide the group of death. That group's looked really good. I, You know, I haven't really looked too much at at the strokes gain stuff um which i think we both know like is flawed to say the least but just just based on eye tests and we'll get to this more um once we do the prize pick segment i've been able to watch a lot of golf so my picks this week are a lot more based in eye test versus statistics which is basically the fund the foundation have how you and I go about things on most weeks, but yeah, I, you know, that group to me, I think was the group that a lot of people had circled as the group of death prior and it's delivered, man. I mean, I, Fleetwood's really rounding into form and Scheffler is just like, I mean, he is probably going to be a force to be reckoned with in uh, match play scenarios and Ryder cups for years to come. I'm very impressed with what Scotty Scheffler has done this week, and he is uh, right in the thick of it to win this group, but lots of golf to play. I want to get to the props because we've got guys on the golf course. I see on uh, prize picks that the clock is ticking down. We've got to get some of these wagers in, so make sure you're logged in. You're ready to rock and roll. Use the code Rick if you haven't deposited yet. We are going to give you the props, four of them, right after this break. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. All right, Andy, time to prop it like it's hot. This segment brought to you by Prize Picks, and we're doing our best to take as much money from them as possible. Two and two in round one at Punta Cana. That was my fault. That's on me. I was 0 and 2. You were you were all over it. You nailed both of yours. So hopefully, uh, as I do, I spread out those picks into, you know, two lay, uh, two, two prop legs, three prop legs, four. I mix them with other things. So thanks to you, I was still able to probably break close to even. And, and full disclosure, I mean, we said prior to Putacana that we were going a little bit more blind into that yeah. one. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't beat you up too much for that one. I basically, the research that I normally put in for prize picks, I spent about a quarter of the time doing the Putacana research. So I kind of just got a little bit, I think I faded Swafford and Grio. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Those were the two. Yeah. So I, anyway, I love, so should we clear up the rules? for people on prize picks with the fantasy score real quick. I know you've done this yes. on Twitter, but I've gotten yeah. a couple questions about it too. Yeah. So it's, it's a little jarring to flip over to prize picks and see that the line for a lot of these guys, you know, fantasy score is zero or yeah. one, 1. 1.5 or two or something like that. And you're like, wait a minute, how, how can they not go over? So the way that, that, that this works is they calculate a fantasy score based on holes that you win and holes that you lose. So for every hole that you win, that is one point. For every hole that you lose, that is minus one. So for example, if you win the first two holes and you lose the next two, you're at zero. So Andy, if you see a line 
that is zero, you're essentially saying, is that golfer going to win by taking the over? Because if they finish the match uh, with one more hole one than their opponent, they would have won the match. And you can do it the opposite way. If you see a line that's one and a half on Xander Shoffley and you like Tony Finau, for example, to win the match, you would take the under on Xander. And even if Tony loses the match, but just by one hole, you would still cash that bet. Yeah, so it's if you have a zero, if you see zero fantasy points, it's basically like a pick'em, right? And and you push if they draw the match. So right. I, I mean, I that I like that. I, I think that's a fun format. I think it would have been pretty tricky if we started getting into certain holes. You know, I think they probably could have done something pretty fun with that drivable par four, which I believe is the thirteenth. But yeah. I like I, I've noticed on prize picks, I don't understand why you would ever bet some of these matchups when on prize picks, you're getting the no juice situation where you can basically take them as pick them. So I see a lot of people betting matchups and I'm like, I'd rather just play prize picks. Right. So if you'd rather play prize picks like Andy, the code is Rick. The link is in the description. You can get your deposit bonus. Uh, Okay, Andy, why don't you kick us off here with the first leg of our four prop entry? Okay, so I took Colin Morikawa over 1.0 fantasy points, which means Morikawa needs to win by one. Now, I checked during the ad break. It already has moved to 1.5. It it just moved uh, six minutes ago because when I was checking the outline and all that stuff, it was was still at one, and I just refreshed it as well, and now it's one and a half. So this was within six minutes. And you can't you can't blame us because yes, I bet it on prize picks, but we didn't we didn't announce it or anything like that. I still endorse the play over 1.5. You know, I was thinking about it this week, Rick. I feel like there's always an elite player that leading up to the tournament just doesn't really get any chatter. And then you look back when he's playing great or in the final group or in contention or whatever, and it's like, why didn't we? talk about this guy. Why didn't we think about this guy? And I'm getting big time Morikawa vibes for that. I, I, he was like 7% in some contests and, you know, everyone's talking about Rom and Brooks and DJ and Hovland and, and, and Cantlay and all these guys. And it's like Morikawa is just sitting here on a short positional golf course that accentuates iron play. Uh, you know, like what are we doing here? So I think Colin Morikawa could win. Um, I think he's going to win this match. I thought he's looked great the past two days, and I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with going forward. I love this one. He's playing Kokrak, too, who he's been okay, but I I, I confidently believe that Morikawa will beat Kokrak today. I think Jason Kokrak might be looking forward to future endeavors. It might not be so focused on uh, WGCs. That's just speculation. Who knows? But um, the thing with Morikawa is – so. Say what you want about his putter. Statistically, this season, he's he's a better putter. What I think is good for match play is that he's a streaky putter, Andy, where yeah. he can rattle off a, you know, a six or eight hole stretch, and you don't even need that much. If you just roll a couple in in match play, you steal a hole or two with the way that he hits the ball off the tee, the way that he hits the ball with an iron or a wedge in his hand, it, it's still pretty dangerous if he's like a net zero putter because he's so streaky. Yeah, I agree. I think Morikawa, I mean, he was was great in the Ryder Cup too, which I I don't really like as a comparison based on the golf courses, but I like the comparison of thinking about how a player's skill set can translate to match play. And I want guys that 
are elite at one specific thing, because that could be super, super demoralizing to the guy you're playing against. Obviously, Morikawa has that going on with the irons and you hit it with the putter as well. Like Morikawa is the type of guy where, yeah, he's viable to lose six strokes putting every week. But when he gains strokes putting, it's usually plus three, plus four or plus five. So I I think Morikawa is um, I think he's going to go far this week. Um, at the very least, I think he will take care of business with Kokrak today. And I, I, I we'll get into it maybe when we look at the odds boards too. But I, I'm kind of curious to do kind of a check-in and state of the union about how we feel about some of these guys heading into tomorrow. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so Colin Morikawa over one and a half fantasy points. So if he wins uh, this match by winning two more holes than Jason Kokrak, that is the path to victory. That's number one. Uh, This next one locks in 30 minutes and 28 seconds. It's Corey Connors over zero versus Alex Noren. So here's your kind of pick them situation. And Connors has been playing beautifully this week. And this is the weird group, Andy. We're going to talk about the Paul Casey situation on the other side. But this is the weird group. And Noren was gifted the point yesterday which for my investment and my one and like i'm thrilled by that i'm i'm absolutely thrilled to get the free point i just wonder about not competing for a day we kind of saw connor's after he got the uh the the concession from paul casey he was slow to kind of get it going in his next match and i wonder if it just kind of took a bit longer for him to get his competitive juices flowing. And if you see that, if it takes you six or seven holes to get going against Corey Connors today, if you're Alex Norrent, like you might be three down by the time you make the turn. And and that's kind of what worries me about Norrin right now. As much as I love the guy long-term, that worries me. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun match. I, I you know, we're kind of going head to head a little bit here because Norrin was, Norrin was your one and done pick and Connors was, part of my core in the DFS article that I do for you guys. I was really high on Connors this week yeah. and we both got a little bit lucky in the sense with the, the Paul Casey thing, which is a bit of a different discussion. Right. But um, all these guys have been playing well, right? Like I, I looked at uh, Connors and Louis match yesterday. Both of them were playing great when Norrin played Louis. That was a great match as well. So yeah. underratedly, one of the most exciting matches for me to follow this afternoon is going to be that Connors Norrin match. Yeah, I cannot wait for that match. I've got a lot of uh, vested interest in the conclusion of that match. And I hope if Alex Norton does pull it off and he kind of screws up this prize picks, just go 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 on and win the whole thing. That's that's kind of the, the hope here. Don't get knocked out in the Sweet 16. Okay, Andy, um, let's go to your second and our third together prop for today. Okay, so I went with Cameron Tringali under... 0.0 fantasy points and he's base uh, he's playing Sep Straka today uh, and that so it's basically a pick em. you're basically picking Sep Straka over Cameron Tringali I haven't looked at the odds yet I think Straka would be a favorite in that matchup yeah, he certainly he should be if he's not I that is a surprise to me because Straka has been playing a lot better than Cameron Tringali both in this tournament and in the weeks leading up to this tournament as well. Even if he was an underdog on is, is he? Yeah. Minus 120. So that that's kind yeah. of your point. You're getting it at a pick here in this prop and he's minus 120 to beat Cameron Tringali. Exactly. So again, you're just taking the value. You're playing a numbers game. I think I test wise, I've liked what I've seen with uh Straka. He, you know, Zalatoris looked really good day one beating um i think he played tringali day 
day one and then lost to Straka. And I watched, I caught a bit of that Straka Zalatoris match and Straka looked really, really good. So I, I feel pretty yeah. comfortable taking Straka over Tringale here. Even it was, um, I don't know what day they played, but the Straka took, took Victor to the end. Victor won like two of the last three holes to steal that thing away from him. Straka played quite well. Uh, so to get Tringale, who's been kind of blasting it all over the yard, kind of fade against that is, is certainly intriguing. And similar to Hoagie, Rick, like I've been really impressed how Straka and he, he wins the Honda Classic. And a lot of people are probably like, oh, it's an anomaly. He's going to go away. And he hasn't really gone away. Like he he played really well at the players, too. Right. So, again, I, I think Straka might just be a little bit better. And I, I don't necessarily think that maybe that win was an anomaly and we're never going to hear for him again. I think Straka is more deserving uh, in this spot as a top 60 guy than than Tringale is, in my opinion. Tringale under zero fantasy points. That's weird to say, but essentially you're you're taking Sepp Straka here in a pick of this matchup. So if Straka wins, we win on that side. And then I finally... For our last one and our fourth one, Bubba Watson over zero versus Brian Harmon. And Andy, I'm glad you brought up the matchup odds because he here's the same situation. Bubba Watson minus 125. Brian Harmon plus 105. I'm getting it as a pick here in the prop entry. Uh, Brian Harmon has been driving it horribly this week. And one of the big ways to get yourself into trouble around Austin Country Club is to spray it like Brian Harmon's been spraying it. And we're seeing Bubba start to kind of get better as the week goes on. I looked at the odds. I saw that he was the favorite and I took it Bubba over zero versus Brian Harmon. I like that one too. And both of these guys were kind of trendy picks heading into the week. Both have been kind of just okay. I think I, I think I have Webb in that group who lost um, Bubba beat him. I, or no, it was Harmon beat him yesterday. One up coming, coming down the stretch. So yeah, I like that one. It's a, no one really in that group has impressed me. I think they play. I agree. Yeah, I think they play the Morikawa group coming out after that. So that whole side, that whole quadric, Rick, to me is wide open and really interesting to me because Xander looked terrible yesterday. Um, yeah. And, you know, that could be Herbert coming out of that group. And then it's going to be Connors or Norin. Um, and then we've got that Sergio Morikawa group as well, which I probably feel the best out of, but that's a really interesting quadrant. I think there's some, some probably some decent live betting opportunities that we can talk about a little bit later in that quadrant. Yeah, we can do that on the other side. So here's what we've got. Uh, and you might want to get this in quickly. You've got at least, you only got at least 24. No, you've got 13 minutes left. The Tringali one's going to lock in 13 minutes, uh, which is part of this. So you need to get it in right now. That's why you got to watch this live. So Morikawa over one and a half fantasy points. That's against Jason Kokrak. Tringali under zero against Sepp Straka. Connors over zero versus Norin Bubba over zero versus Brian Harmon. That's our four leg prop entry. The code you're looking for to deposit is Rick. It's a 100% instant deposit match up to hundred dollars. There is a link in the description. We got a lot more to talk about. There's Paul Casey drama. There's live betting stuff that I'm going to pull up here. I've got much, much more, but we're going to take a quick break.
If you're not playing Daily Fantasy on prize picks, then you're not really playing Daily Fantasy. They offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else. You pick two to five players on an over-under and can win up to 10 times on any entry. They allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rahm. The golf-specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single hole props that's right what score will a golfer make on a specific hole i have prize pick specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries and now prize picks is offering a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 just use the code rick at sign up or click the link in the description that's code rick good luck all right, Andy, let's look at the live odds here. Uh, so this is from DraftKings, and they're ever-changing. And uh, there is probably a lot of edges to be made here because there's only like there's only 16 guys or something like that in this field who actually have no chance of, um, of, of moving on. And there are a lot of guys who have, you know, one point who control their own destiny because if they beat the guy that's in front of them today, they'll go to a sudden death playoff they control their own destiny there i think there's some value to be had on this board yeah okay so what's morikawa morikawa is 16 to 1 huh which is that's uh, what, what was he before the tournament started i think he was around i think you could have got him boosted maybe to to 20 plus but i think he was in that 16 to 1 neighborhood okay i, so I like is- that He's one zero and one. If he beats Jason Kokrak, he will be two zero and one. And then if Sergio Garcia also wins, they would go to a sudden death playoff. But if Morikawa wins and Sergio ties or loses, he would advance. So again, just he, he controls his own destiny, and for all the reasons that we talked about, it's like he's kind of good in match play situations. Yeah. So Morikawa was the guy I was looking at. Um, Hatton has looked really good to me, although I don't love his odds. Um, like you could have gotten Hatton at 30 ish, 33 pre tournament, and now he's at 18. I think that's for good reason. Um, I would be remiss not to mention Rom, who's looked really good and has putted well. Uh, I bet him pre tournament at 14 to 1. He's plus 650 now. I, I don't really think you can go there. I don't really see. He's most likely going to get out of the group. And I think he'll probably, that's why I, I liked Rom pre tournament because I said, this guy's 14 to one pre tournament. He will be five to one if he gets to the sweet 16 for the rest of the tournament. Right. Um, but I think probably in terms of, we're looking at value, um, Morikawa is probably the guy at the top and then a little bit farther down. Like I like what I've seen out of Siwoo. Um, he, I think if Hatton wins, though, he's he's out, right? It's so Siwoo is 180 to one. So Siwoo, um, well, first of all, he's beating the crap out of Chris John Bazaden Hood right now. Yeah, the problem is yeah. he does not control his own destiny. If yeah, if Hatton even halves the match with Berger, he will move on. He'd have two and a half points. So yeah. uh, Siwoo needs to continue this this path he's on right now win and then get burger to beat hatton and then they would go to a three-way sudden death playoff okay so that explains why he's 180 <laughs> to one um yeah i mean I, I what about you i haven't i haven't asked you yet who are you kind of looking at 
Zalatoris is 90 to one and Zalatoris does 100% control his own destiny. And he was a very trendy selection before this thing started, but he would need to, um, I guess he doesn't technically control his own destiny because, uh, he would need to beat Hovland. Actually, Sergio's the spoiler here because Sergio's already got a half a point. So sir, if Sergio wins, no, they're in different groups. Zalatoris and Hovland are with, are with Straka and Tringale. I was, they were in this, I'm looking at, you're absolutely right. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. That's what I was going to say. I was like, Zalatoris definitely controls his own destiny, which he does. So if he beats Hovland, they're both two and one, uh, they would go to a sudden death playoff and it might be a three way if Straka also wins. So, so Zalatoris 100% controls his own destiny was a guy that was, a lot of people were very high on at a much shorter number uh, three days ago, he's 90 to one that I, I actually stopped scrolling when I saw how, how, how long he was. So Neiman, just looking at that side of the bracket too, Neiman who got absolutely waxed by Mav McNeely in yeah. the first round looked really, really good yesterday against Henley. He was crushing Henley and he kind of fell apart at the seams coming down the stretch, but still held on to win. I believe he plays. I'm thinking about this because I had my eye on him for prize picks and it it locked before we started. But I think if Neiman beats Kevin Na today and and Mav McNeely ties or loses, mm-hmm. he's in. They would go or loses. They would go to a playoff. Yeah. So if Neiman wins, he'd have two points. He'd go to two and one. And then if McNeely gets a half a point, those two would go to a playoff, McNeely and Neiman. If McNeely loses, uh, then Neiman is in. With yeah. The win. So Neiman's 50 to one, which yeah, I right. which I guess is what he was at pre-tournament. Um, that's interesting because, you know, probably the move was to, I bet you he was 150 to one after he got waxed by Mav in the first round. But that I like how he rebounded and I like this golf course for him. I could argue this is like right now is probably the best time to bet these because once the 16 are decided, you're you're not getting 90 to one on anybody, right? No you're one. not getting 180 to one on anybody, at least for the guys that control their own destiny. One good day of golf, whether it's beating the guy in front of you and then winning a sudden death, like that's that's controlling your own destiny. And then when if Zalatoris were to do that, so if Zalatoris were to shock the world and get out of his group with Victor Hovland, who Hovland is eight and a half to one to win this thing. Uh, what would Zalatoris's odds be if he's the guy that advances from the sweet 16? If Zalatoris is in the sweet 16 and I think it's, you know, I think we're probably going to get Rom and, and DJ in the yeah. sweet 16 as might well, get but Brooks through as well. Yeah. Might get Brooks too. But, but I, I have to think that if you reseeded them, Zalatoris would be a top four, top five, top six selection and probably be, 20 to one or under, right? I was going to say 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like you're, you're talking about, uh, you might be 20 holes of golf away from his odds falling from 90 to, to 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, a very short period of time. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's why, like we talked about with Rom, Rom's probably staying the same no matter what happens today. But some of these guys that are in the 100, and 90 and 80 range, they could fall to, they will fall to sub 30 if they make it in. Um, so that, that's the fun part and the intriguing part. 
and that's going to happen. Like someone is going to be the guy who's one and one who beats the A player and then beats him in a play. Like Shane Lowry, maybe he maybe he spoils this for Brooks. Ke- like we are going to see that happen. That's going to happen today. Shane Lowry's seventy to one. I don't know who it's going to be, but like that's that historically that is not all that unlikely. Like for uh, another example, Xander's a hundred and thirty to one. Now yeah, I'm I, I'm not saying go run to bet him because I watched Xander closely yesterday. Xander's my favorite player. I have a pretty good beat on his game. It was bad yesterday. It it it, it was not good yesterday um, at all. But you Xander's one hundred and thirty to one. If he beats Finau, who has not looked good at all yet, and, and he's Kanaya the beats sixty five favorite to do. Yup, and Kanaya beats um, Herbert. Then him and Kanaya are him, Kanaya and Herbert are in a playoff, and suddenly Xander's the favorite in that playoff. And if right. Xander gets to the Sweet Sixteen, he's sub twenty to one. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm I'm I might throw a couple of uh, Xander. Zalatoris and I don't know I don't love Lowry but like maybe I'll throw in Lowry because though if those guys who can and 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 Xander doesn't control his own destiny but if there are uh guys that do you could be four hours away from those numbers being vastly shorter yeah this This is it's so much fun it's so much fun I gotta give you credit man you totally I was skeptical heading into this week and and I'm all in on the match play going forward this is uh, this is the best day. It will get worse, unfortunately, because of television and just because of the nature of it. But the stakes will get higher. The uh, viewing experience will get worse. But we will still have we will still have today. Today's amazing. I can't wait. Paul Casey, um, boy, Paul Casey triggers just everybody. Whether you are a backer of Casey and he comes up short, whether he gets a ball uh, stuck in somebody else's pitch mark on the final hole at the Players Championship, it's just like. Casey seems to elicit a lot of uh, strong reactions as he has done again this week by conceding all three of his matches, Andy, uh, after suffering kind of back spasms. And he, he played two and a half holes uh, on, on Wednesday, round one against Corey Connors. He then did not even hit a tee shot against Alex Noren, and then overnight uh, also conceded his match to Louis Oosthuizen. And there's a lot of, oh, should he have withdrew before the tournament? He's taking a spot away from somebody. Should he try to play? There's just like a lot of opinions around how people should treat this in the, in the pods. And what would you say the percentage of those people are people that are angry about how it affects their DraftKings lineup? 92%. Yes. Yeah. 92% are uh, people who are financially invested in Paul Casey and the other eight are like golf purists who you can't um, talk to them about anything in golf. Yeah. I, I understand the, like the idea of a golfer not being totally sure about their health and trying to figure it out as they go. Like that's a concept that makes sense to me in my head. I don't think we can, get on golfers for saying like, I'm going to withdraw the night before at 7 PM versus let me wake up in the morning and see how it feels. I mean, how many times have, you know, we gone to the range and we noticed something and it's like, Oh, this back's hurting today, blah, blah, blah. But you have to go and see. Right. So I don't, I don't really care when Paul Casey withdraws. Like I, 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 it's completely up to him. I don't think he owes 
anyone anything. I generally take golfers at their word for when they're not sure and they have to figure it out. And maybe it takes a couple of swings to figure it out. I, I don't really have an issue with them with them doing that. Um, how this should play out in DraftKings, which is a world that you and I are very much a part of, is a totally different conversation. But in terms of like the actual morality of when a golfer withdraws based on their injury status is, is a discourse that I just I don't have a ton of interest in entertaining. We'll get to the DraftKings side of this in, in just one second. Now, the the other refrain that you heard was, well, he conceded to Connors and Norin. Now he has to concede to Louis Ustazen. It's his obligation to concede to Louis Ustazen to protect the pod, which I don't think I can get behind. Like, I agree it would be fair to concede to Louis Ustazen, but we live in a world and a sport that is not fair at all. And we see unfair things happen all the time. Paul Casey had a very unfair thing happen to him on 18 at TPC Sawgrass. Like, unfair things happen all the time when I, I think there is also an obligation to there's FedEx cut points on the line. There's money on the line. If you're healthy, you go out and compete. Does it suck for the guy that has to beat a hobbled Paul Casey instead of getting a free pass? Sure. But golf is like universally unfair. Yeah. And, and you know, how many times do we see the designation of game time decision next to a player in a football and basketball game, which, what does that mean? It means it's a game time decision. It means, it means there's uncertainty around the situation. So that is how golf works as well. Right. And I, I understand if you want to say something along the lines of like when a player withdraws late on Tuesday or Wednesday, how it kind of screws over the sponsors a little bit and the tournament organizers and screws up the featured groups and stuff like that. Like I completely understand that argument, but I also think that we need to give the benefit of the doubt to these players that I think they're just trying to figure it out and see how much, like for example, Bryson who has not looked great this week at all. I think we could objectively say that Bryson is probably not 100% right now. It's like he's trying right? Like he's trying, he's experimenting. He cares a ton about the masters and being able to compete in the masters. So even if he's not a hundred percent this week, and there's a possibility that maybe he would have withdrawn or could withdraw, like I completely understand why he's trying, right? For sure. For sure. How should, how should uh fantasy operators deal with this? I don't think it's there. I don't think they need to change much, but I know I'm in the I know I'm in the minority with that. Okay, so are you talking about in terms of withdrawals in general or in terms uh, no, of the, I mean, this match play? I think I mean withdrawals in general, we know that they're kind of there there are already limitations. Um I'm I'm thinking more around this match play scenario in which a concession before the match even starts takes place. Yeah. So what's interesting to me is um like Neiman when he got destroyed by Mav had yes. minus three fantasy points and Paul Casey, who conceded his match. Had more... 40, baby. <laughs> yeah. So they have a point on that. There, there should, we should probably figure out a way on that. Although I just like, I like how it's fun. Like, I like that there's that risk of like, your guy is so bad 
that he's actually worse than not playing. Like sometimes don't we get scenarios sometimes um, like, like in a US Open. US Open. Yeah. <laughs> Where the guys that make the, the cut end up scoring can score just as poorly or even worse almost as the guys that don't make the cut. Like that's part of DraftKings. It's, it's flawed certainly, but it's, it's kind of fun in a way too. Um, all right, back to the, so we're going to see some pretty marquee matches today. We, t- we, we talked about a couple of them, Victor Hovland versus Will Zalatoris. I think the McNeely versus Henley one is interesting. I just like McNeely. And then we're going to get JT versus Kevin Kisner. Are there any matches that you're kind of most looking forward to today? Hovland Zalatoris, right? Yeah, definitely. That's a super exciting one. And then, um, I think this one's already started, but DJ Homa should be good, right? Yeah, they just started. They're through two. They're they're all square through two. That's a good one and um, obviously has lots of implications for who gets out of group eight. Homa still technically controlling his own destiny if he beats DJ and then beats him in a in a playoff as well. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm just kind of scrolling through here. So not all of them have uh, super great implications, but like, let's see, Spieth and Adam Scott, like, could those guys be any more different? Jordan Spieth and Adam Scott. And both of them, I've been tracking both of them. Both of them have not been playing very well, despite what their record suggests. Are you going to have your eyes at all on the oldest match in match play history between Lee Westwood and and Richard Bland? No. No. Did you catch, um, were you able to catch some of Bland and Bryson on day one? Yeah, they both were horrible, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't know the real number, but it felt like they made two combined birdies. (laughs) So day one, day two, day two got a little bit better. But on day one, the Keegan Spieth match was unwatchable. The Bland Bryson match was unwatchable. The Rose Scott match, they were both playing so, so poorly. Um, Day two got a little bit better, but uh, Xander Herbert on day two was tough sledding was really, really tough sledding. So it just it just goes to show that there is this big element of luck involved with uh, match play. Who do you think, just eye test-wise, like forget the records, forget their side of the draw, has luck the best to you? Like who do you think is the scariest? Uh, so I just I just counted that Richard Bland, Bryson DeChambeau, they made four combined birdies. Uh, <laughs> which is, and then Louis made like Not seven great. and lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They both um, would have shot 75. I'll tell you what, uh, Brooks to me is terrifying. Now we talked about it earlier. I don't know if he cares and I don't know if he's just happy to take, uh, an exit in the elite eight and get to uh, Augusta early or whatever, but he uh, is not only playing well from what I've seen from him, he's striping it well. And both of his post round pressers, or I guess they're like interviews. They weren't really press conferences. He seemed pretty smitten about his game. And it's, it's, I think, I think they're like Brooks takes everything personally. So when you're personally playing against one other guy who's standing right next to you, he can find, he's like, I don't want to call him Michael Jordan, but Brooks looks for any little chip on the shoulder that he can be like, Oh, that guy looked at me wrong. I'm just going to like smoke him now. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that to me is so, so dangerous right now. So yeah, I was going to say Brooks, DJ and Rom are all in the same side of that bracket. Rom Brooks, which I think we're probably going to get, um, is going to be appointment TV tomorrow. That's that's going to be awesome. And that's going to have 
I think that will happen. I talked about this a little bit in my podcast at the beginning of last week, but I think that's going to have some major implications on, on the master's odds. I, I really do. So yeah. I think like if you're, you know, if you're high on Brooks, if you're high on Rom, it's going to be interesting to track DJ too, Morikawa too. It's going to be interesting to track how these guys play out for the rest of the week. Yeah, Brooks and Lowry just teed off. They're playing number one right now. So that is uh, underway. Excited to see that. I would love, oh my God, give me just give me the Brooks-Rom matchup for tomorrow. Um, real quick, one and done update. I have Alex Noren. Thank you, Paul Casey. You have Terrell Hatton. They are both 2-0. and So hard hard to be upset about what we've gotten thus far, but neither of them are guaranteed to get through, which is kind of, that's the other thing. Uh, if you're 0-2, you're out of it. If you're 2-0, you're still not through, which is like a little bit nervy. So we've got to get these guys through, but so far, so good. I feel good about Hatton. Hatton's looked good. Um, I, I, I think it was a, a sat. I liked the thought process with my pick there where we're going to see a player. Both of us went with this similar thought process where we're not going to burn a super elite guy because this tournament has so much variance. Um, we want to take a capable player that maybe is a little due for a win and has the ability to compete in big fields and, and, and take down the big dogs in, in an 18 hole um, round of golf. So I I'm feeling pretty good about Hatton. I think you should be feeling pretty good about Norin. I also, um, I like how both of them set up going down the road. So yeah. it looks like Seamus is the favorite to, if Hatton advances, he'd probably play Seamus in the round of, of, of 16. And mm-hmm. I think for you with Norin, you would get that Xander Herbert group that has looked pretty bad yeah. as well. Like I would, I, I picked Herbert in my bracket to come out of seven, which I would love. And then, to, to have a Norin Herbert, like Norin would be a pretty significant favorite in that matchup. So I'd be pretty thrilled about it. Yeah. Rick, you're getting some, people are coming at you at the chat for picking against your one and done pick. Uh, yeah. Listen, so Jacob says, am I the only one that finds it odd that Rick picked against his one and done pick? Uh, things have changed. Andy, we made, we made our one and done selections three or four days ago. Developing uh, I situation. Yeah. I cannot use the space. information. Trust me. I, I'd be thrilled if Alex Noren gets through. I've got a lot of uh, investments there. Call it a hedge, call it whatever. But Connors has been great. Connors has been great. Noren played a practice round yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried. That's the way that I, the, the way that I see it. I don't think it's a big deal, but I like the way that Connors is playing and it, it gives me an opportunity to uh, reassess the situation. If we're not, yeah. if we're not using new information and more information, what are we even doing here? Yeah. It's the same kind of premise as when you're betting matchups in this tournament, in the middle of the tournament, like I bet on Rom or Rom and Xander and Siwoo and Leishman. That was a, that was a tough one. Um, to win prior to the tournament. But if I'm looking to bet this tournament in tournament and I don't like what I'm seeing and they're matched up against somebody else that I think is the better value in that spot, obviously I'm going to take, I'm going to take that side. Right. So yeah, I think uh, there's a lot going on in this tournament and uh, it's going to be fun to see how it plays out over the next couple of days. Yeah. And, 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 you don't have to tell us if you like the Norin side of it, take, you know, take the Norin side of it. It's all good. We'll, we'll figure out. I hope it's a good match. And, and, and either way I'll be, I'll be quite happy. Um, Andy, we, I'm going to spend like 10 seconds on Punta Cana. And then I want to talk to you about, uh, some of the teams that are developing out of the Zurich classic, but we are going to do it after these 30 seconds. 
All of the tools and data that you see me use on this channel is from my site, rickrungood.com. RickRunGood.com is one of the largest golf databases on the planet, and it's geared towards making your DFS and betting research process as efficient as possible. There are literally millions of data points in the database, and while that might sound intimidating, the tools that I've built allow you to cut through the data quickly, choose what's important to use, and even build lineups that are ready for import directly into DraftKings. Outside of that, membership gets you access to the Slack channel, currently 2,000 run-gooders who are ready to share insights and have a little fun. I love it and you will too. Sign up at rickrungood.com. Okay, Andy, real quick on Punta Cana. Uh, as we record right now, or as we're live right now, some of these guys, uh, the, the afternoon wave in the second round is going out. Adam Shank is in the clubhouse, nine under par. He's your leader, Graham McDowell, right behind. My guy, Kramer Hickok, shot a 68 on Friday, moved himself up it currently to a tie for 12th, so I'm very happy about that. But your guy, Alex Smalley, the Duke product, shot a 69 in round one, hasn't teed off yet in round two so he could potentially matriculate up the leaderboard find himself in contention heading into the weekend yeah big day for duke last night did you watch oh. the game last night at all yes so i do not watch any college basketball but i do the math-based bracket and yeah. i had a great day yesterday getting gonzaga eliminated getting arizona eliminated by houston uh amazing the the only thing that would have made it a perfect day is if texas tech beat duke i did not get that outcome but still a good day regardless yeah people people were so angry uh I mean, it's the duke, we don't okay. need to go into this go go ahead so they duke made what like their last eight shots from the field and like okay which is basically the basketball equivalent as someone who does not watch college basketball as watching someone drain 25 foot putts on you all day long right it's just like the guy that you faded is making every putt duke can't miss from the field i'm like I guess they earned it. They deserved it for making the shots, but man, like, come on, throw some misses in here, bud. I, I just like how much Duke triggers people. It's like, if you went there, obviously like you're going to cheer for them because it's us, it's an us against the world thing that we have going on. But I didn't realize until this is my first real year on Twitter, Rick. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize how strong oh, yeah. the hatred was. Until yeah. I got on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know. Um, actually, so here's a fun story for you. So uh, you'll appreciate this. Uh, when I played baseball, we played Duke early in the season. It was probably it was probably March or something. So we went down there for a series. And um, as we were leaving, before we left, so we'd go into like, you know, before we drove home or flew home or whatever, we'd go to the locker rooms, we'd get showered up, we'd get on the bus, and we'd get out of town. So like after our final game on Sunday, they took us like, to this locker room somewhere, this tiny little locker room, everybody showered, whatever. And we're waiting to leave. And we're just kind of like roaming through the halls of this building that we have no idea where we're at. And, um, we come out and we're like on the court at Cameron indoor. And yeah. I'm like, Holy crap. Like this is it right here, which by the way, incredibly small. It, yeah, it's it is tiny. Like, it's a box. And the, and the, and the fans are like on top of you. It's the best arena in people say it's the best arena in the world to have bad seats in because it's one of the yeah. only arenas in the world where it actually slopes in and up. So yeah. even if you have the worst seats in the house, you're looking directly down at the court. So people say it's the best. It's it's actually one of the best arenas in the world to watch sports. And it is it's an awesome vibe 
down there in, in Cameron Indoor. It's, it's an awesome, awesome stadium. So, so that was super jarring, but the thing that was really cool was, and I don't know what year it was. It would have probably been 08 or 09 or something like that, uh, where it was the ESPN game of the night. They were playing like Wake Forest that night. It was like one versus three. Everybody was there. People were lined up outside for miles. Like it was, it was going down at Cameron indoor. And, um, so we get out on the court and Gerald Henderson is just by himself warming up. Okay. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't know who this guy is or whatever, but, um, Gerald Henderson went to school in Philadelphia. So one of the guys on our team knew him and he was like, yo, gee, what's, what's up, man, what's going on? And I'm like, holy shit. Like now we're, now we're walking out on the court. Now we're like shooting hoops at, at Cameron indoor. And we ended up like, you know, five hours before the game, we're out there like throwing Ollie oops to Gerald Henderson. And he's like throwing them down like by ourselves on the court at Cameron Indoor, I was like, "This is, this is pretty sh- jarring." How this happened? It, it's it's cool. It, it's cool because, um, like going, I was in class with Jabari Parker and and Rodney Hood and those. Like you're right, you're right there, and it's it's a real community, and it's not a it's not a large school. So some of those guys, like one of one of the older guys that I know, like he he got really close with Kyrie Irving and is like still friends with Kyrie Irving, which you can, which you can kind of do because it's not necessarily like that giant school, maybe like a Texas or an Oklahoma where the athletes are so secluded from everyone else. Like you actually see these guys walking around in class. I need to pivot though, because do you see the breaking news broken by the phenomenal people in our chat? We've got Bryson in the Valero. Xander Shoffley Legion coming with my the guy. breaking news. We yeah. need the breaking news drop. He's on Bryson, top of it. Bryson committing to Valero. Uh, that screams to me that he just needs reps. Yeah, I would agree. I am also seeing in the match uh, in the chat, um, Bryson's up three versus Gooch through five. So maybe he's starting to figure it out. Did they release? They didn't release the full Valero field yet, have they? Because I know... No, they Rory. have until five Eastern. Okay, so it Rory's playing. I think Scheffler's in the field as well. Um, that's that's interesting to me. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think it's Bryson saying, "Okay, we're getting there. We're making some progress." I, there's no. He's already out, right? So even if he well, beats I'm, Gooch I'm today, at that right now. So if he wins, he'd be he'd have one and a half points. Uh, Gooch would have one Westwood. If he wins, he would be in, that would be two. Uh, but if they tie Bland would get in cause he'd have two. Yeah. I'm, I'm Bryson he's out. Bryson's out. Cause even yeah, if, out. if Westwood wins, he's in, if Bland wins, he's in, if they tie Bland is in. So, so Bryson's out. So he needs reps. He needs reps. Yeah. Which is, that's, I mean, that, that makes sense. Right. I mean, he, he, he was hoping maybe to get a couple more rounds in, in, in Austin. It's not going to happen. He's, he's going to Valero. Um, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I'm going to, once we get off here, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to try and check in and watch closely that match with, with Bryson to try and figure out where his game is at, because I, w- I didn't get to see a lot of him yesterday. I watched him the first day when he was playing bland and it was, it was pretty awful. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that one develops. Yeah, the um, the other final thing I want to talk about is we're starting to see the matchups for, or not necessarily the matchups, the teammates for the Zurich Classic. So uh, Victor Hovland officially now 
partnering up with Colin Morikawa. And you broke God. that news. You so right? I did not. Okay. So, well, thank you. Uh, I did not technically break that news because I know the guy who did Espen uh, Blocker, who's uh, he's at Eurosport. He's like the guy who covers Victor on tour. I just confirmed it. So when I, when I saw that, um, I reached out to Victor and made sure it was true and I could run with it. And I got the, the, uh, okay to do so. So that is official that, that him and Morikawa are plugging together. Uh, odds guess like plus 300 plus 500. Yeah. We'll probably That's, get uh, we'll shorter probably, than five. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably get, uh, Billy and Burns, which will command some respect and we'll probably I get Cam and Leishman again. Which will it's command weird. some respect. It's weird. Burns should Burns should ditch Billy, but Billy's so good in these stupid little formats, right? Yeah. In like these little like match play, the 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 partner stuff. He's like he just cares so much, which makes him really really valuable. Like that that'll be a good team. And then yeah, the Aussies, of course. If I was Burns, I'd drop Billy for Scheffler. I, I think Burns, Burns and Scheffler could be really dangerous. And then Xander Cantlay too. So Xander Cantlay would be great. And, and probably Raman and Palmer again. So, okay. That's what I was going to say. Paul. Okay. Is this, is this Rom Palmer thing like forever? Okay. I, if I was Rom, uh, drop Palmer and get Scotty Scheffler. How cool would that be? I know. Yeah. Rom. I mean, there are a couple, there are a couple guys. I think maybe, Rom wouldn't want to do chef. I, I don't know how these, I don't know how the machinations work between friendships on tour. You probably have like a better, uh, a better beat on this than me because now you're, you're friendly with Victor and you're, by the way, great interview with Bo Hostler. I really enjoyed that one as well. But I, do you think that Rom strikes me as the guy that kind of goes to the beat of his own drum? He strike like he's not hashtag jupe life. He, I think he's very about, you know, his family and his wife. I know he has a relationship with Phil, um, but Rom strikes me as kind of a lone wolf. Yes. And uh, that's not necessarily uncommon for the Euro guys who don't yeah. have like the built-in network as much here. Uh, but, but you're right. Every time I've seen and everything I've, I've, I've kind of heard about Rom, of course he's friendly with guys, but it's like, when he steps on the course, man, practice rounds are not like he's work. It's business. It's yeah. it's business. And you never, you never really see like, Hey, he's out to dinner with so-and-so like you will see with, you know, like you'll see Sung Jay out at dinner with like Siwoo and, and these guys, it's just like Rom's Rom's all business, baby. And, and I feel like that's, that's kind of how it works. And, and I think even the euros that are very friendly, I think there is a group of like, Luke Donald and Norin and Hatton, those guys all live in Florida and they all practice at the bears club. Um, and, and that, so that like Ian Poulter, Luke Donald Hatton Stenson group that is always joking around. Those guys are all Florida guys and Rom's in Arizona. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to say, I think Rom and Palmer's like their skill sets kind of make sense together. Rom is kind of like a worse version or Palmer is kind of like a worse version of Rom where he does kind of the same things that Rom does just a little bit worse, but yeah, that's a fun event that I am very excited for. I remember last year with, it was Morikawa and Wolf and Wolf was just in one of those stretches where he just didn't have it. Um, I felt bad yeah. for Morikawa. 
Um, so I think Morikawa ditching Wolf for Hovland feels like maybe a safer bet. Yeah, and and Victor was with uh, Christopher Ventura. I'll That's be right. I'll be interested to see if Wolf plays the Zurich. Um, I don't know, man. I feel I've, I I I feel for him. I, I I want him to get this this game and everything and everything figured out. I just and he's been very candid about like the pressure that he puts on himself and all that stuff and how it kind of spirals. And listen, I get it. I get the anxiety. I get the the concerns. Like. I'm not sure team events are always the best place for that. Even the guys that are, are that are, you know, with no issues find it hard to play with somebody else because um there's so much pressure and you're you're committed to your partner. I wonder if if maybe skipping the team event is is not the play for me. Yeah, Wolf is all right. I'm gonna break your brain with this one. Better chance to win the Masters right now. Matthew Wolf or Tiger Woods. Oh boy. I mean <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I love these. I always give you these ones. <laughs> I immediately, my brain was like immediately like Wolf, obviously he's going to like, he's going to play. Tiger's probably not going to play. And then I was thinking, well, if Tiger does play, then he's probably healthy enough. And I would take him over a lot of guys. Um, I also don't know how much like Wolf's skill set is even all that good for Augusta national. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's actually really, really hard consider, which is sick, right? Because one guy is, active on the PGA tour. And one guy played in a father son match in December <laughs> with a yeah. cart. Like, how can I, how can I pick that guy? Well, but it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting too, because if tiger plays in the masters, which I don't think he will, but there's obviously some speculation around it. Tiger will be like 40 or 50 to one. The way that wolf's playing right now, wolf will be like 200 to one to win the masters. Right. Don't you think he'll be down yes. there with like, he'll be down there with like Fred couples, the way he's playing. So are you, are you I'm being hyperbolic? He will be in side? a different tier than couples. Are you but. on the side that Tiger Woods has a better chance of winning the Masters than Matthew Wolf? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because I still, you know, Wolf has had this before. You remember he was playing absolutely horrendously going into last year's U.S. Open at Torrey. And then it was suddenly like he was in the mix at Torrey, right? So I'd still probably give the edge to Wolf. But it's concerning because he usually has, you know, at what point do we stop saying this guy is volatile? Right. Yeah. When you know? you're seeing when you're seeing much more of one side of it than the other. I mean, he started off, Correct. he started the new season very well, right? He had awesome. that run. He was awesome. He almost won the Shriners. I know. So I don't know, man. It's it's a strange, strange situation. But uh I hope he man, it's it's so much better when he is just rocking and rolling. So so rooting for for Wolf in a big way. Uh all right, Andy. I think that'll That'll probably do it, my friend. That was fun. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Anytime that'll do it. I'm super pumped for next week. We're we're in the home stretch, so I'm sure we'll probably start doing some some yes. uh, Masters stuff already next week. I hope. I bet you prize picks. You know how um, for the Masters, DraftKings will release the pricing super early. I hope Prize Picks does that too. They are also. Um, I'm I'm positive they're going to do Amen Corner props. And I just recorded uh, with Mark Immelman uh, yesterday, which is basically kind of like a course breakdown. We talk a lot about Amen Corner and the types of skills that you need to get around there. So I'm I'm very excited for what what is going to be offered for for Masters Week. Yeah, I can't. I it's our Super Bowl, man. So yeah. looking forward to a lot of big stuff coming up. 
Follow Andy on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. There is a link in the description, or you can use the promo code Rick and get yourself a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks over at Prize Picks. And also, uh, Armina does all the hard work behind the scenes. She produces the show, and, and she can now take us out. We'll see you on Tuesday.